Mark, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to see you once again. Thank you for having me back on. What's been happening since we last chat? First time we chatted was what, like two, three years, two years ago, I want to say, because I just came back to the uh, States nine, and yeah. I remember I was still like in my little studio at that time. So it was early 21. Um, so yeah, it was probably, probably exactly like two years ago we last chatted. So what you've been up to since then? There's, you've, done, you've gone through some transitions in terms of the work that you're doing. Stopped some things, started some new things. Uh, like I told you before, start recording. I'm stalking you on Instagram and seeing everything that you're up to, and I'm loving it. I love this the this this brand you're establishing. So tell us a little bit more. Yeah, you know, so I um, where do I even begin? Uh, you know, just like the world has changed so much, I've also changed, and uh, you know, I right now I work as a mental health counselor, a nutrition coach. Um, you know, I've been advising like certain companies, consulting with different companies, like in the healthcare space, um, and just been living life, trying to experience <laughs> as much of it as I can, trying to work on the things that I care about, trying to exercise, listen to music, yeah, <laughs> eat good food, you know. Uh, yeah, I. How I, about you? I see that all the time. I see. I'm like. I was like, dang, I was like, Marcus at the gym again. Like, you know, I'm like, I need to get to the consistency with you and, and the gym and the cooking. I don't know if you used to cook like that, but when I see your posts now, when you're like making, I was like, that just looks so delicious. I was like, who is this person? Like what, you know what I mean? I was like, how have I not known this about him? So no, you're, 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 you're doing awesome things. So um, I have lots of questions about that. Yeah, um, no, I mean, it's interesting, right? And like a lot of people, they look at uh, like what I'm doing now a lot mm -hmm. of it around food and people, you know, they know me as like a top 10 LinkedIn voice in mental health. I wrote a book on social anxiety, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And, and honestly, like, I just came to the realization that like a solid 75% of like mental health problems or like mental health recovery has to do with nutrition and food. Mm. And it's a very complicated answer from, you know, small to large things to individual to societal things. Yeah. But I really realized that like food is really going to be like the most important gateway that I want to focus on. And people might think it's just, oh, you know, you're, you're posting like recipe videos or random things. But at the end of the day, like how people feed themselves, it's like the most basic care um of like mental health and it's the most basic thing that people can even can even do for like their independence mm -hmm. you know like if you are not able you don't know how to cook you, you're dependent on food um that's like a huge problem for just so many different areas of life whether it's your mental health or your productivity or your health in general mm -hmm. so yeah. that's kind of been my shifts Mm, absolutely. And, and I know you used to do a lot of because even when we talked the first time you used to do a lot of research around that. And I remember just even then, you were talking about like gut health and all that. And then you really kind of just went went deeper into that. So what, what was there like a pivot? Or you just like, well, you're like, the more you start doing research, you're like, wait a minute, like, that's where it's at. You know what it is, is like, it's it was definitely just like research, but it was also just like, honestly, for like the last um the last seven to eight years, ever since 2015, 16, when I was obese and I was depressed and I had a bunch of different health issues, mental health issues. And I, you, I, I sort of accidentally stumbled on using food. And ever since that moment, like it's just always been in the back of my head. And, you know, it's, it's like one of those things where 
like I get obsessed about like random things all the time. But like one, the one obsession that like has not gone away has been food and nutrition. Hmm. And like, even just like around like my friends and family, like I just like my brain cannot just stop drawing like correlations between food and nutrition and all these different and how it affects our brain and our mental health. And so I was just like looking at myself the last couple of years with how much the world's changed. And I'm just like, man, I got to like slowly start to like build my foundation in this, which I think is going to be like one of the most important things that our society talks about over like the next 10, 15, 20, 25 years. Mm. Yeah. And it's, um, and you got started, you did some kind of sort of like you actually went and like studied it even more, right? Like not just researching, but you did like something like that, right? Like educated yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I got like my certification in, um, in nutrition coaching and, and also too, like every, every week, twice a week, I teach a uh, nutrition mental health cooking class in person um, at like this nonprofit center in Boston where I'm at. So yeah. it's um, it's definitely been awesome. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Um, so, you know, what's interesting, what I've, so I've um, uh, just as yourself, I go through my own shifts um, and, and I'm learning so much from just your page, honestly, like you're always, and you're so good at like, checking me as well like i love that like you're probably <laughs> one of the most honest conversations i've had we've only like it's it's been a couple of times but i want you to know it's stuck in me and you would like check me for certain things and i'm like damn oh like you would make me think i don't i forget what it was right now but i remember one time you're like yeah but it could be this and i'm like damn he's right like you might, i'm like okay and i was like and i, I i'm not gonna lie i was like i was like oh i kind of hurt a little you know but i was like yeah he's right you know so so i very much appreciate the honesty that, that you put out there um, and, um, lost Thank my track of thought of what I was going with that. Cause I was trying to remember what it was that, that where you, I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, man, I was like, you know, not many people do this on social media, but you really engaged with me. And anyway, let me get back to my track of thought. Um, so no, yeah, I think it's yeah, so important. Can I just say something on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's so important because like, honestly, one thing that I really quickly realized is that like, once I started to pivot more towards like nutrition and mental health. I realized that there was many different scenarios and many situations where I was actually not, um, I don't want to say not allowed to tell the truth, but um, it's just like being honest and being truthful is actually something that is not encouraged, like mm. in our society, yeah. especially when it comes to health and nutrition, you know? And so I think that's like a huge problem that actually blocks so many people in today's world of like, just being able to be honest and being truthful and like the thing about nutrition too is like nutrition is basically like religion. Like there has been such a, a an absence of like real like scientific information because of like how corrupt the food industry is that in the absence of like real information, people just like believe different things, you know, and everyone has all these different beliefs around food, around, like this diet and their parents told them this and, and this and that. And it's like this whole, it's like a, a whole religion basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so when you come in and you're like honest like that, a lot of people don't don't like it at all. So yeah. it's, well, it's, it's but it's like the bitter truth. Yeah, but it's threatening everything they believe in. So you, it's like a it's a it's a fight or flight response, right? You're putting them in essentially, you know, and it's and it's yeah. and it's hard. Like, I mean, I find myself in certain situations all the time and I should know better. But it, it's it's the recognizing like, oh, that kind of that that kind of hurt. But thanks, Mark, you know, like, but it's like, no, but he's right, you know. It's, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, and then you have to be like, I guess, self-aware enough to be like, okay, I'm only upset because he's right. 
because he he's right and it's questioning it's it's challenging my own beliefs you know so it's um so i think you're right i think it's also um i i think it's a cultural thing as well so i i was literally talking to a friend of mine this morning she's turkish we both lived in dubai now she lives in jersey and i live in dc area and she was she started a new job and she said you know, I'm getting really American feedback from my managers, you know, and, and I was like, well, what do you mean? And she was like, and she was asking me, like, if I feel the same way. And she's like, nobody really tells you the truth. Like, everybody just sugarcoats things. And she was like, is that an American thing? I was like, listen, I was like, I, I was like, maybe because I feel like in Russia, we're so brutal. We're probably too much on the opposite side. It's like too brutal, honesty. And I think in other cultures, it's also a little bit more straightforward versus very American cultures like, let's sugarcoat things and don't offend somebody and don't be afraid and, and don't say something wrong. And like now you're like almost like you shouldn't even speak at this point. So what do you think it's like a cultural thing? Cause you've also been around kind of the, the world a bit. I mean, I think it's a little cultural, but I also think at the same time, like it, it didn't used to be this way, you know? And mm -hmm. obviously um, like, I, I think really what happens is like, there's been a, there's been a, a handful of times like in my career, where, for example, I would go and speak up on like on stage at like a public university here in Massachusetts. And then after like an administrator would come up to me and they would tell me that like something that I said was like offensive or like inappropriate, even though it wasn't, mm. uh, you know, and so and, and obviously, you know, I'm all for constructive criticism. And, you know, and even if people don't don't like or they disagree with my ideas, that's fine. Um, but I think there's really been this culture where like people are trying to course correct what other people are saying. And sometimes, you know, that needs to happen. You know, sometimes there are, you know, certain things that might be inappropriate where people need to draw lines. But at the same time, if we do that too much, it then creates this culture where people are afraid to right. say things, you know? And so I think that is really one of the biggest things that I've seen from my eyes and uh and it's a real problem you know and it's uh you know people are it's like it's almost like in a world where people have access to, like the internet and it's like unlimited information people have created like different mental blocks around certain things that they don't want to like talk about um and so a lot of them get offended they get emotional uh you know they they their fight or flight gets triggered they start you know uh having like a whole reaction basically, which is fine. Um, it's totally fine. But at the end of the day, I think the most important thing is that like, we don't, we don't, we don't know everything. Right. So we always have to constantly communicate and like find out what are, what is like the right thing? What's the truth. And if people like are afraid to have conversation, it's terrible, you know, and I, I see the dangers of this because you know, I face social anxiety and my past, I wrote a book about social anxiety. And so I know what it's like for like your brain to almost be like controlled by something else mm -hmm. that tells you to not talk. And so I see a lot of elements of that now coming into like our culture, coming into like the mental health epidemic that we have. And then the other problems that we have when it comes to like the government, uh, ethical problems, things within corporations, and so this whole sort of like culture that we talk about, it's really like one of the biggest problems. It's like one of the biggest meta issues because it's stopping the truth. It's stopping advancement in every single industry, in every single aspect of life. Um, and so it's interesting. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I tend <laughs> to agree with you. I, I mean, I'm I'm definitely 
on the team of people that, that think that way as well. So it's, um, um, I, I do agree. I think we're becoming almost softer as a society. And I see this, so I work in tech right now and I, and I work with a lot of younger people. And one of the things that I focus actually, like literally just today, I was like announcing, we're doing like a summer of well-being, you know, because one of the biggest issues nice. we, we have is like burnout, you know, and I cannot tell you how much of burnout uh, that a lot of young people experience is like self-induced. And a lot of it is because they're so, they're so, and not to pick on people, but it's like to, you know, to bring awareness, like, like self um, taking responsibility, right? Like, how would you live your day? How do you, do you exercise? Do you eat, you know, proper food, et cetera. And we're going to get into the food because I, I, I do want to pick your brain on that. But it's like, Please. it's almost like the softness overall. So everything you're talking about, I feel like we're just becoming afraid to speak up. We're afraid to do things. We are, we can't be ourselves. So it's like you be becoming more introverted, especially for a lot of like, um, uh, a lot of people in, in the tech world, they're already very introverted. So it's like, you know, and I know we can go into the whole discussion about introverts with you, but <laughs> people can listen to the other podcast. It's like we've already had that conversation. We've already had that conversation, but... And, and I do think that all of it is, is it's, it's just like, it's a larger picture of everything that you're talking about, right? So it's like all of these things impact when we're afraid to speak up, when we're afraid to stay, you know, like what happens to our communities and what happens to our circles and, and networks and how can, you know, do we only hang out with people that talk like us and agree with what we're saying? Like what happens to perspective? Like, I exchange, you know, so, so yes, I, I completely agree with you on that side. Um, I, I think that we just, Overall, I think we're just becoming a little bit softer in, in more ways than one um, that is impacting everything else. Um, but anyway, um, let's talk a little bit. You know, more. it's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly like I personally don't think that it's because people are becoming softer. I think it's because mm -hmm. people are becoming more sick in a wide variety of different ways, mm -hmm. you know, and, and for example, right, like I think back to you know, when I was a kid and like I had social anxiety, right? Yeah, you know, maybe sure if someone, you know, pushed me or whatever to not be soft and to speak up, but people did that and it didn't work, you mm -hmm. know, and, and looking back at it, really what it was, it was a it was a variety of factors that first off, hugely connected to like food, my gut microbiome, like my mm -hmm. nervous system, the brain. What do those things sort of have to do with? It has to do with people's everyday regular diet, you know? And so it's almost like we now live in a world where it's like people can sort of like not, not necessarily self-induced burnout, although I like that, what you said. It's almost like we're living in a societal path where like the default path is to get people to consume a bunch of things that are going to make them sick mm. unknowingly and so then like when everyone is on that path and like people are asleep like people either have blinders on so like, they don't even see um it becomes very hard you know and when someone is like sick for example like if someone has a problem with their mental health of course they should take responsibility and be like i need to get myself out of this situation but at the same time, it's also like, you know, most people, because they're eating like a terrible diet, like they're the very like biochemistry in their body is having trouble functioning. People mm -hmm. will have trouble waking up in the morning, you know, and obviously there's a lot of things that people can do about that. But I just feel like when I look at it, our society has just gotten more and more and more sick. And 
one of the reasons is because it's gone from sort of like a a path to like that your mom or dad would be on and they'd sort of set you or, or your culture would sort of set you. And then now it's just been replaced by this sort of like empty, like consumer economy where people are just like consuming, consuming, they're doing whatever the advertisements, the social media posts, the the bright colors are telling them to do. And they're just like walking in this path where they're getting sick and sick. And the more they go down that path, the harder and harder it is to then wake up and take responsibility and be disciplined and do the hard things and sacrifice and do the things that might not feel good now, but will make you feel better. Mm. And then on top of that, I also think there's a huge part of it where people are now, you know, people have like, you know, victim complexes mm. where like every, everything is about, you know, everything is about, oh, this, this and this and, and that and this, and it's not me and this and that. And it's like, that's a huge problem, you know? And so I think the more we can get people to take responsibility and just like understand and become more aware of like what makes people sick and what heals people, I think that's like the main problem. And there's so many things that are invested on different sides in society that are getting people to actively not think that. Mm. They're getting them to to believe in the opposite. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love the way you described it. I want you to talk a little bit more uh, about something very important because, and I'll tell you after my own story with that, but the idea that when you're eating kind of unhealthy foods or processed foods, your body will crave those foods. So when you actually eat healthy foods, you're like, ugh, yuck. Until, so there's like an adjustment period until your body's like, oh, okay, I think I want a salad without addressing that has a thousand calories like maybe i'll just do like olive oil but it takes time especially for somebody who's been eating a certain way so like talk to us a little bit more about that yeah you know what's interesting is that like we we become whatever we eat you know and i know like you've heard that a thousand times but like for example like i i I know this person right and she literally never drinks water she literally drinks nothing but pink lemonade and I like literally look at her in the face. I look at her skin. Her skin is literally pink. Hmm. And so like her body has literally become what we all consume, hmm. you know? And so if you think about it that way, our body is made out of like animal cells. Hmm. That's what it's really like at the end of the day, that's what it's made out of. And so when we try to consume things that don't support that and our brain uh, which is made out of water and protein and fat and different minerals and things like that. When that happens, everything about our body and our system changes. Like we we think that, you know, our body's like a computer where it's like, oh, we can just like, you know, replace a part or it's just like, you know, you type in X and then you see X on the, on the, on the screen. Our body doesn't work like that, you know? And so I think so many people like in the modern world have created like this huge disconnection. We're like, we don't even understand that we are what we eat. And if you're eating, you know, Cheetos or whatever, yeah, of course your body's going to crave that because that's literally what you end up, you know, becoming, or that's what your cells use to sort of like fuel yourself. Um, And even if you think about it from like a very logical standpoint, like the second you're born, right? Like you're, you're born and you're like a little baby, you're like this little thing. 
And like, how does your body grow and accumulate more and more and more through the food, only through the food? There's nothing else that physically, literally makes your body grow. Hmm. And then we also live in a time where it's like, there's so many conflicting messages around food, you know, uh, oh, go vegan, go carnivore, uh, you know, spend $65 on this green juice powder. Um, oh, actually, it doesn't even matter what you eat. It's only about your calories. And you can eat whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many different conflicting messages. And then on top of that, right, when you look at like mental health issues, the deadliest mental health issues are actually the, the mental health issues that correlate with food, like anorexia, for example. So there's already like a huge population of people out there who have some sort of like psychological disorder when it comes to eating food, whether it's, you know, they don't want to eat certain kinds of food or they don't eat at all or they they binge or they have an addiction to food. You know, there's there's so many of that. And those disorders are actually actively being multiplied. Like there are actually more and more and more people who have these eating disorders. And it's actually because of the food industry and because of our society, like 100%. Mm. One of the main things is that, you know, like, they, for example, they tell people, um, you know, like, oh, you should, uh, you should go vegan, right? So someone who has like a psychological disorder where like they're afraid to eat food that sort of like looks dirty to them, right? Like they, they only eat sort of chicken nuggets and French fries, or they only eat like white meat, chicken, because they think white meat is somehow cleaner. All of a sudden you tell people, hey, go vegan. Hey, it's the it's the healthiest diet you can do. Oh, hey, it's gonna save the planet. All of a sudden, you have a massive population of people who have like hardcore psychological eating disorders that is now sort of being rationally justified through going mm -hmm. vegan, which is eliminating huge amounts of like natural food groups that people have been eating for thousands of years. And then now that's not considered unhealthy, it's actually encouraged. And it's mm -hmm. actually being pushed by an, our almost our, our entire society at different levels of government and companies. And so that's like an example. And so, and then another thing too, is that like people are also so far away from their food. Like, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever been like hunting or I don't know if you ever like, you know, fruit picking, right? Like when you go fruit picking, or even if you go to like a farmer's market and like you see food in front of you, it's not just like wrapped in bags, and, and you don't even see, you don't even get to touch it. There's like a huge disconnection element. And mm -hmm. that also is creating a huge amount of like mental health eating type issues in the world because people don't even have a relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very dangerous. Like it's, it, it's massive, you know? And so uh, I know I just went on like a totally different tangent from no, your question. No, no, but... no. No, all, I, I just have so much to uncover in that. And I'm trying to figure out which one, which one do we start with? Too. No, it's... Um... <laughs> I, I mean, uh, yes, to, to, to everything that you said, like it's, uh, uh, you're spot on. Um, again, I tend to tend to agree with that. Um, what's interesting is that, so you mentioned a couple, you said kind of the way, almost like the system is set up to, to create this. And so my boyfriend and I were driving the other day, well, not the other day, like two weeks ago, and we started to notice certain things. So we were driving through some neighborhood that was like a little bit more of like, you know, um, uh, kind of not um how to say it like a little bit more low on socioeconomic level 
And it's interesting because he was like, did you notice? That's the correct way of saying that. Uh, that's the correct. I don't know how else to say it. Just a less, less fortunate neighborhood, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I'm sure somebody will be offended to something that we say here today. So it doesn't matter. Um, so, so. And, <laughs> so, and, and he was like, look around. So we were comparing, right? Like it was, it just kind of, it was so obvious. So he was like, look around and see what food places are around. And it was nothing but like fast food places. Like you could not find like, even like a, like a fresh market or something like that versus when you're going to. Uh, a little bit more um, expensive part of the city, you will have like your, your, you know, fresh markets, you'll have like health, healthy cafes, like at least there's something versus just like nothing, but just like, it's literally like one thing after another of just fast food and, and all these different shops. And I was like, wow, I was like, and, and so we've been talking about it as well. And I'm just like, that is so obvious. And so that's one of the things that you're talking about is that's the setup, like even our communities are set up in a certain way. It's crazy. And and even, for example, even if you weren't in that community and you drive to some, you know, richer place and you walk into a Whole Foods, you're spending like $25 on like some crappy salad that is like barely giving you nutrients. And it's full of canola oil, which I recently figured out. It's full of like different oils. Um, so I, I, I do want to hear your thoughts on that. So so as you might have you might have known through through my Instagram that I did my uh, personal um, training certification. So I've been Sorry. you know I mean I, I love like exercise and general. So I was like oh let me just you know do this, and um, and so I've been paying attention to a lot more to like nutrition labels. But I, not I've always been mindful of it, but I never really you know done as much research as I have preparing for the certification and whatnot. And so, and I've realized, I was like, and now I start paying attention to, and I was like, well, Whole Foods, you know, like sometimes I go to their salad bar, every single salad has some kind of seed oil. I was like, OMG, like so many, everything, even like play in Trader Joe's, like there's only certain food items that I look that I'm like, okay, it's pretty natural. It has like three ingredients. That's what I want to go for. You know what I mean? For something. Um, uh, But anyway, yeah. So what do you think about that? What is like, first of all, what is is up with seed oil? I don't understand. Why is it in everything? Is it because it's cheaper? Is it like, what is it about these seed oils that are just in everything? Yeah. So I'll tell you exactly why. So in the United States, after World War II, the government started to take steps to basically commoditize food production in case of famine so that the United States could be food independent. So it didn't have to import food from other countries. So basically the government subsidized and they still do to this day, they almost entirely pay farmers to grow corn, potatoes, wheat, uh, soybeans, uh, rice. There are some other things out there. Um, And like, these are sort of like subsidized monocrops. And like, this is like what the majority of like the farm fields in America are filled with. And so a lot of the times what happens is that these farmers, they literally produce so much potatoes, they produce so much corn, they produce so much um, of these different plants, soybeans, that they, you know, have so much of it extra and they would usually throw it away. So then some entrepreneur or some, I don't know, someone in the government, someone, they were like, hey, what if we took all these things and we burned them down to make oil so that we could sell it to big food companies that are basically taking this oil, combining it with sugar, combining it with petroleum-based artificial food dyes, uh, other chemicals, and they're selling it to make profit and they're making billions of dollars around the world. 
Mm. And so basically that's why, you know? And so honestly, what I think about seed oils is this, right? I actually don't think that like they're the most evil thing that like social media is making it out to be. Mm-hmm. Really the main problem with seed oils is that there's different kinds of fats, right? Mm. Um, and really the best kind of fat that someone should strive to eat is omega-3 fatty acids. Omega-3 specifically DHA, which is primarily only found in seafood. And then you have other kinds of omega-3 that's found in like certain nuts, uh, olive oil, um, you know, coconut oil, avocado oil. And then a lot of like plants, they're just naturally high in omega-6 fatty acids. Omega-6 fatty acids are not bad, but your body has to have a natural ratio Mm. where it has to have more omega-3 than omega-6 to be healthy. And like now the average person is like, if your body's supposed to have a three to one ratio of omega-3 to omega-6, the average person has like one to like 45 like mm, one ome- for wow. every one omega-3, they have like 45 omega-6 fatty acids because of the fact that it's in everything. And, everything, and people yeah. are not consuming enough of the healthy fats to like balance that ratio out. Yeah. You know, and so that's really the main problem. And co- all the companies are using it just because it's cheaper. Right. And they're trying to convince people that like, oh, it, you know, it all has to do with calories, calories in, calories out. And there's definitely some truth to that. But the thing is that when companies convince people that it's all about calories, it allows people to don't think about anything else. They just look at the calories. And so, you know, there's like this whole like psychological war and like that's happening between this stuff, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's good to know because I was always like, I started looking, I was like, oh my God, it's in everything. Like, you know, and then I'm just like, literally it's in everything. And I mean, I, I cook at home most of the time, but sometimes even when you go out, but it's, I mean, you can't live in a box obviously, but it's also like about yeah. balance, as you said, right? Like, I mean, it is what it is, unless we want to go and start a farm somewhere in uh, Southern Europe so or something, day. right? Like, or wherever, you know, somewhere in the US start a farm, you know, like, yeah, that, that'll be great. But until then, like balance, I guess is the best thing. Um, uh, I, I'm curious also, uh, what are some kind of biggest, um or not biggest but what are some maybe foods or um what are ingredients whatever it may be that people tend to think are healthy but actually are not healthy at all like is there anything off the top of your head that you came across and you're like oh um know? yeah there's a lot uh maybe like some like big I, ones, I think I the biggest one right now is like all the vegan plant-based stuff not mm-hmm. all of it but the vast majority of it there are like some good quality like veggie burgers out there that are just made out of like beans and vegetables, but the vast majority of them are literally just like highly processed foods in disguise as healthy foods that are, you know, charged like triple price for no reason. Um, I think that's a big one. I also think too, like, you know, everyone has different health goals, you know, so someone's diet may differ from time to time. But honestly, like, I think that a lot of like this whole push of like, oh, you know, you should eat, you know, 45 different kinds of vegetables a day. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that people are deficient from vitamins because they don't have green powder or they're not eating enough vegetables. I don't buy that at all. Like, if you actually look at it, like if you look at the vitamins and nutrients that like are in a vegetable, like in a salad, it's actually unbelievably low. Mm. unbelievably like you'd be like in a salad you have like seven percent 
of vitamin K, you have like 3%, 5% vitamin A, or maybe like 10%, 15% vitamin A versus if you just eat, for example, a steak, you get like 100% vitamin A, you get, you know, 200% of vitamin B, like you, you get way more bang mm. for your buck, so to speak, you know? And so I think that's one of the big things of like, obviously I'm not saying that plants are unhealthy, but I think that they're very, 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 very overrated, very overrated. Mm. Like it, it's crazy. And I think one of the reasons why you always hear people say, oh, you know, I, I tried to eat healthy, but it didn't work. I didn't feel any better. It's because what they were trying to do is they were just trying to eat salads and all these different random vegetables all day. When in reality, they're not eating enough protein. They're not mm -hmm. eating enough of the healthy fats. You know, they're not getting enough vitamins and minerals and nutrients from their food because they're just eating like a rabbit. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm with you. And actually, I um, I saw something the other day and I'm, I'm, I wanted to hear your opinion on it. So I'm sure it was on social media somewhere, but it was um, somebody saying that even the vegetables that we have in stores, like the way they made it from the source is probably such a long way that they're not even that fresh. So somebody said, if you do want to do vegetables, it, get the frozen ones, the ones that are just like frozen because they're frozen right from the moment of kind of picking when they pick the whatever, whatever however they collect vegetables. So once they actually get the vegetables, they flash freeze them, I think. And then, and then they said that that's actually a healthier version of a vegetable versus those that are sitting on, um, like just in the store open. So do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, there's a few things there. So when it comes to like the ripeness, yeah, that's definitely true, right? Like the, the more something sits out, the less nutritious it gets. So it's, if it's frozen, it is technically going to be more nutritious. Mm. Um, the other thing about it is that, you know, when you're talking about like, oh, the vegetables that we have today, if you actually like look at it and like, imagine if you were just like walking around nature, there, there are no natural vegetables. Like, yeah. think about it. Maybe, you know, um, like, and like what vegetables really come from is that like our great, great ancestors, you know, they would find like these roots in the ground that they eventually through horticulture and breeding eventually became potatoes. They found these roots in the ground, which then eventually over thousands of years became carrots. And so vegetables have actually been like human designed ever since of our, our existence. Mm. You know, that's not to say that they're unhealthy, um, but there's definitely a difference between sort of natural vegetables that have existed in the wild versus vegetables that are, you know, genetically modified with their seeds to be the biggest and be the freshest. There's some good in that, but obviously there might be some, you know, pros and cons to that as well. Mm. Um, if you really look at it, like if, if someone's trying to eat like a natural diet, the two things that existed in nature really were meat and fruit. Like those are the things, two things that were existing, you know, naturally. Maybe you could like break the, a shell of a fruit and then you could like, you know, harvest some nuts like three months later once they're ripe, hmm. you know? And so like, that's what people ate. And, um, and I think that we just need to get back. It's like a more natural diet. Um, you know, and so, and obviously again, I don't think that vegetables are bad or anything, right. but, but I just like, when I look at like my health journey at the start, I was like, man, I'm trying to eat like, you know, seven different kinds of vegetables for, and it's like, it's all cap. Like it's almost all a lot. Like, unless you're like 85 years old and you're like trying to find certain like antioxidants to like live longer 
in, in I mean, there a lot of them are in fruit, uh, but like in certain vegetables, um, I I don't really think. I mean, I do like you know I like potatoes, mm-hmm. I like uh, sweet potatoes, I like arugula. You know, I like cucumbers sometimes. No. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so uh, let me ask you this question. Let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, oh, I really want to make some kind of change. Not a healthy person, you know, not eating my best diet. Yeah. I, I don't have time to cook or it's too expensive. Yeah. All those yeah. excuses. What would you recommend this person to start with at least like baby steps? What would I, I would say the most important thing based up for you to do is to just try to eat more protein. If you can try to, and I'm obviously by protein, I don't mean like, you know, go get chicken, 20 chicken nuggets from the drive-thru. That's not <laughs> right. what I'm saying. But like literally just like protein, any kind of, uh, you know, meats, fish, eggs, you could eat turkey, you could eat steak, you could eat ground beef, you could eat whatever. I think that eating more protein is the best thing because once someone starts to eat more protein, then number one, they move away from sort of like this empty hunger cycle that junk food perpetuates where it's like you eat something and then you're hungry an hour later. So like the more you eat protein, the more you get away from that because you're just naturally more satiated. But then also too, like you're giving your body and your brain the amino acids that it needs, that it breaks down from protein to like rebuild your organs, to build your your muscles so that you can move healthily um, to replenish your brain. So I think that's really the most important thing. And then a lot of the times too, a lot of the foods that contain protein, they also contain a lot of other things that are very healthy for you. Like for example, eggs, like eggs have every single vitamin that your body needs, except mm-hmm. for vitamin C. Same thing with steak, chicken, like all these things have so many other minerals and vitamins that you're also getting. And usually it's a lot easier for people to eat like protein, like meat than it is to like eat vegetables. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I agree on the protein. I think that's, um, um, it, it makes, I don't know, it makes a difference in, in my life in general. So when I don't have protein, I'm like craving stuff. I'm not as satisfied. Um, so listen, I'm mindful of your time, um, but I do want to ask you a, a couple of uh, final questions. Um, one is where do you hang out at these days? Refresh our memory. Where can people find you? Are you, are you going to be doing another podcast? Uh, on this topic, or are you kind of done with pie? Like, what do you do? Um, yeah, I'm trying to bring it back. I'm trying to bring mm-hmm. it back. I just have a lot of different things that I'm trying to manage <laughs> right now, but yeah. I'm definitely going to bring it back in the future for sure yeah. uh, about this topic. I mean, best place for people to find me is Instagram, YouTube, yeah. Mark Metry, M A R K M E T R Y. Yeah, I'm going to share that. Yeah, I've been loving your videos like you. I mean, really, like over the last two years, I've just been watching you and it's been phenomenal. And um, I'll ask you one more question and I have to give you credit for that one because when we spoke two years ago and I was like, oh, Mark, I'm re- I really need to be like better because that's how we connected initially is like about the podcasting stuff. Yeah. And um, and then, you know, we kind of chatted and then you and I was like, oh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around what I'm trying to do with my podcast. And you're like, you know, what's good, like asking people a question at the end, like having kind of some kind of final question that you ask people or two questions or three where you're like, have got some kind of theme. So the question I've been asking people is the following, and I'm, I'm asking you that question. What is one question you wish people asked themselves more often? Hmm. 
That's a good question. I would say the question I wish people ask themselves is, is there anything deeper to this? Is there anything deeper to this? Yeah. Like, for example, like, you know, mm. like when we talked about um, like people getting soft, right? I asked myself, is there anything deeper to it? And mm. then all of a sudden you see all these different layers and, and, and systems and, and organizations and, and factors and, and aspects that are so much deeper than what we think about, you know? And so that's what I would say is like, if we can go deeper than this, like that's a mm. great question that someone can ask themselves really in anything. Great question. That's a great question. Cause it makes you think it makes you look into your, into different perspective into alternative things that it could be. I love it. Is there anything deeper to this? I love that. Thank you, Mark. Um, I'm a fan. I look forward to watching your journey. <laughs> I learned from you. Um, I'm going to continue to follow you on Instagram and I hope everybody else does too. It's uh, really, really, I have, I have a lot of respect for you and I very much appreciate Thank you as a person. I've been, I'm, I'm really lucky we got connected and I am, I'm, I'm really happy to just have you in my network. So thank you for your time. Um, and it's, it's always a pleasure. I'm sure I could talk for, for hours. So I'm going to book you in again, maybe not two years from now, maybe we'll do a year from now or whenever you're available in your busy schedule. So you let for me know. 2024. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll make it happen, but thank you. Mark. A year from thank now. You. I appreciate it. I appreciate everyone out there for listening and uh, it's great to do this again.